Hail and well met. Welcome to another episode of Self-Evident. I am Kenna Rose, and today we have a rather unique episode coming your way. Earlier this year, the Illinois Christian Home Educators Conference took place in Bourbonnais, Illinois, and Jenna was given the opportunity to interview a husband and wife duo who define the term power couple. The Illinois Christian Home Educators, or ICHE, pronounced itchy for short, exists to come alongside families who want to see Christ glorified from one generation to the next, and to do so through family discipleship and homeschooling. Their conference speakers always are the precise people to encourage and equip families to keep the faith. Will and Miki Addison were those precise people at this year's convention, and Jenna was able to speak with them on behalf of the Illinois Family Institute Spotlight Podcast. We're delighted to share their conversation with you today on Self-Evident, and we hope you enjoy. I am joined by Miki and Will Addison of American Family Radio. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's great to be with you. We are recording at the Illinois Christian Home Educators Convention at Olivet Nazarene University, and you guys are featured speakers here. So I would like to ask you guys, why is Christian home education so important to you? Well, I'll start. Basically, because we see it as a way to disciple our children. We know what's going on in the educational system in the public schools. It's very obvious now. All the, the facts are out. You see it. And to just for us to just keep our children there while we know what's, what's happening is mindless. And so we see this as an opportunity to pour into our children and to really make them culture-proof. That's very interesting. You have actually a talk that's titled Culture Proof. Is that correct? So what do you mean by that? So this is a term that we have kind of coined and just developed as we've watched the culture attempt to just sort of creep into homes, creep into families, and really penetrate the hearts of our children. So we started thinking about this and what's required of us as parents. Well, what is required of us is that we make our kids impervious to the culture. So we want our kids to be able to get out into the culture but we do not want a godless culture getting into them, right? So how do we fortify them? How do we make them culture-proof? Well, this is intense discipleship. It's providing biblical answers to the questions of our day, and it's actually engaging them proactively rather than reactively. In other words, we're not just waiting for them to come to us with questions, although that happens. We're actually setting up scenarios with them where we say, hey, This is a conversation that's happening out in culture right now. Let's talk about this without any prepping, without any prompting. How would you respond to this? And then we have the ability to assess where they are. Are they ready to engage the culture? And then how do we shape them? How do we give them greater accuracy as they challenge wickedness, as they challenge the evil that is so pervasive in our culture today? So basically you want your kids to make a dent in the culture rather than the culture making a crater in them. That's That's exactly right. You got it. That's right. You guys homeschool your own children. As veteran Christian home educators, how do you remain vibrant and avoid home education burnout? I think knowing what your purpose is, right? Like if we were just educating our kids at home because we want them to be smart-er, (laughs) or if we were educating our kids at home because we want them to be successful, then those things might be dispensable. We might say, oh, I'm tired of this, I've had enough. But our calling is way more eternal than that. You see, the Bible really instructs us that it is our job to train and to make sure that we proliferate the gospel through our children. You have to remember 
in Acts chapter 2, I believe it's verse 42, where the Apostle Peter is standing up on the day of Pentecost and, and there's great confusion about what's happening, right? But the Holy Spirit has been dispatched to the church. And the Apostle Peter says something that is profound, but it's often overlooked by Christian parents. He says that this that you are seeing right now is what has been promised of the Lord. And he says, it's for you, it's for your children, and everyone afar off whom the Lord your God will call. So in our Christian homes today, we're kind of like, okay, yes, I'm saved. And then sometimes we can turn and look at what kind of evangelism do I need to do? How, do I, how can I be active in the church? And we neglect that second component. This promise is for you. This promise is for your children. So we have a mission field right in our home yeah. that happens to involve homeschooling. You know, I would say the vibrancy of homeschooling comes from seeing what's in the culture and what's going on and having really a defensive stand against that. That's right. You know, you can't be laid back. You know, you can't be like, well, they're going to be all right. You have to be aggressive because the world is aggressive as well. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the energy and the vibrancy comes from the mission. Yes. Yes. So it's not whether your kids will have a worldview, it's which worldview you want them to have. And that's why you want to indoctrinate them before they're indoctrinated by other people. That's right. Yes, you get it, you get, you get it. it. Listen, it. sometimes we will say to families, you have to indoctrinate your children. And they say, oh no, oh, that's horrible. We that are word. not gonna indoctrinate our children. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, because that is bad. No, 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 you want to get into them sound doctrine. That's right. And this belief that we have, really I think it's the design of the evil one, this belief that our kids are going to remain these blank slates, right, until they reach a certain age and then they're just going to sort of like magically, excuse the expression, find Christ. Mm. No, we are working against an increasingly wicked culture that is by no stretch of the definition neutral. Right. So it is exactly as you said, it is whether or not they're going to have a biblical worldview or a secular worldview, but there is no neutrality. That's right. That's right. And there was also this one quote, now I'm going to forget it, but it's home education is not necessarily teaching your kids what to think, it's basically teaching them how to think. So we use the word indoctrination, but since the Bible is the foundation of all truth, we are basically teaching them how to think about truth and how to view the world through that lens. That's exactly right. I mean, and so well said. We want our kids to be able to process the culture that they live in, and we want them to have a starting point that there is absolute truth. There is something called morality that is still relevant for today. God is the author of truth. And so we are teaching our kids that they can filter how they navigate and how they engage this culture through the authority Amen. of God's holy word. And we don't apologize for that. Our question is, what is the biblical defense? We call the word of God the straight edge. Amen. We align our lives right there along that line. We say, did God speak concerning this? Then we're gonna be on his side of this issue. It's not, this is my position. When we talk to our kids, we don't speak in terms of, well, I really think, well, you know, in my opinion. Well, as I say to our kids sometimes, who cares about your opinion? What absolute truth do we have to back up our position? And if we don't have that absolute truth, then those things can change, right? We have to stand on the foundation of God's word. Amen. So you guys are also board members of the Radiance Foundation. And with Roe versus Wade being overturned, what part will the Radiance Foundation have to play in America? Well, you know, one thing I, I think about as far as uh, it's being overturned, Roe versus Wade, is that we have been so long under the, that 
law or whatever you want to call it, that I think we're going to have to be taught again how to value life. Yes. You know, because there's so much bloodshed that, that has happened over since 1973 that, man, I think this country is going to have to learn how to value life again. And that's going to take organizations like the Radiance Foundation and other organizations to do that. And so there's still a great need to educate and to help people understand that life is valuable. What exactly is the Radiance Foundation, if you guys wouldn't mind giving a little spiel about that? Sure. So the Radiance Foundation really is active in changing the culture of death that we exist yeah. in. And so Ryan and Bethany Bumberger, under their leadership, they go into universities on the campus and they are trying to change the culture of death. There's a certain way, just as Will was just saying, there's a certain way that we think about life that is inconsistent with a biblical worldview. That's not going to change. The desires of the heart have to be changed. This is why an encounter with Jesus Christ is vital. So among other things that Ryan and Bethany are engaged in, they also tout themselves as being factivists, not just activists, right? You've got a lot of people that are out there and they're active, but they're actively wrong. So the Radiance Foundation exists to give facts that surround abortion, to tell the truth about the slaughter of innocents in our country and to reverse what has become normal, which is, as Will so rightly pointed out, we live in a culture of death. We are here at the Illinois Christian Home Educators Conference at Olivet Nazarene University. And I am here with Will and Miki Addison, who are featured speakers here. And what do you guys do? What's, what's your radio program about? Okay, our radio program is called Airing the Addisons. And basically, we talk about our lives. Yes. Uh, we share about our families, you know, married couple. We talk about, you know, being a Christian in today's culture and how to navigate things, all from a biblical perspective. Because we, we believe that you can talk about any issue, politics, whatever it may be, and you can bring it back to the Bible. And so we endeavor to do that every day, every weekday from 2 to 3 Central Time. American Family Radio. It's just really a conversation. It's kind of like the conversations we have at home. Yes. That people are able to listen in, you know, and, and join us. Yeah. We'll, on a regular basis, just rip headlines and talk about those through a biblical lens. That's so we right. look at the intersection of culture and faith. What does it really mean to live as a Christian? Like, how do we remove sort of this feeling of, only the celebrity Christians are really living it out, right? Or only the pastor has this way of navigating culture that really he seems to be impervious, but that was never the intent of the church. Yeah. Every single Christian has a responsibility to live faithfully before the Lord. And so we try to explore that on radio, being as real and as honest as we possibly can be yeah. for the glory of God. His word is sufficient and we endeavor to show that every time we open the and, microphones. And we bring our children on from time to yeah, time, right. you know, and talk to them about different issues and that has proven to be a blessing to the listeners. They, they respond, you know, to our kids being on. So mm -hmm. it's just a family show and we just talk about the things we talk about at home. That's awesome. And I also love the alliteration of your of your title. That's just fantastic. <laughs> your talk, Will, here at the conference, it's quite intriguing. Well, it was raised to be ready. And, and, and I looked at Daniel and his companions and we talked about how this serves as a modern day Babylon that we live in right now and how Daniel and his companions were ready to go into that place where they were going to be indoctrinated, their name was going to be changed, you know, a new language, but they were able to stand up to the pressures. And I want to survey why was that? And just going back to what their parents should have done or, or did do, it's proven that they, they did something because they were ready as 
you're led as 13 to 15 year old boys to go into Babylon and to thrive. And so it was basically a call to the parents that, man, we have to raise our children to be ready for this culture that they will be in. And even if we're homeschoolers, you're going to have peers, you know, you're going to work with people, you're going to be in this world. So are they ready to stand up in those showing up moments when their faith is going to be tested? And so that's yeah. Because this world, it's it's inescapable. They're going to bump into it yeah. no matter what happens. Oh, yeah. And I believe it was George Barner who said that by age 13, a child's worldview is almost fully informed. And so those young years, especially what you were talking about with Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego being young men in Babylon and being able to stand for what they believe, it's so important to be able to inform your children from a young early standpoint in life. That's right. That's right. That's the best opportunity we have. You know, I talked about how at a certain age and you just hit on it, you know, it's almost not it's not impossible, but it's it's much harder for them to become Christians or followers of Christ at a certain age. I mean, that's why God gives us our children so we as parents can raise them up and train them. It's not for the world to do it. It's not even for the church to do it or the youth group. It has to begin at home. And so we have to have that type of mindset about it. Yeah, it's really training our kids before the clay sets, yeah. right, before it hardens. And our culture actually understands this. So this can sometimes feel revolutionary to Christian community. It's like, oh, yeah, we need to really give our kids the truth. Like, we don't need to have animals on the ark hanging out over the sides. <laughs> right. We really need to teach them the truth and the accuracy of God's word from a very early age. Right. Now this is kind of like coming into popularity right now and it hasn't always been and that's sad, but the world has always understood this. This is why they've always had programming directed at younger kids. Mm -hmm. This is why they've always sought to indoctrinate kids from the earliest possible age. That's we right. see this now and it's very overt. I mean, on questions of sexuality and, and gender and all of these things, we see this pressed and just pushed down the throats of our children. And so Christians cannot just kind of hang in the background waiting until we think they're ready. We've got to raise them right. to be ready. The November election is coming up. Regarding home education, what would be the threats that would possibly be coming up if the wrong people were elected? What would be coming down the pike? Well, the threat to homeschooling is the threat that has always been there, and it doesn't matter who's in office. The question is whether or not homeschooling is a threat to the larger aims of those in positions of power. Whenever homeschooling, and it doesn't matter who's leading this country or who's leading the individual states, whenever homeschooling becomes a threat to somebody's ulterior motives, right, then you can expect homeschooling to be in the crosshairs. Now, homeschooling is enjoying a boom across this country. It's kind of like coming into popularity and homeschoolers are feeling less and less weird. And so now we're able to say I homeschool and kind of like we're just normal. But I want to encourage homeschooling families to maintain your distinction. You are not homeschooling because you're afraid of COVID. You're not homeschooling because, oh, the curtains have been pulled back on public education. No, you're homeschooling because you want to proliferate the gospel, because you want to get the truth intact to this generation of children who are going to grow up and later they will serve this country, right? Yeah. So we've got to start right now. So to be clear, the threat to homeschooling exists because people hate what we ultimately want to do. Now we're going to be comfortable if we switch, if we kind of go into this lane where it's like, oh, we all homeschool, yay, <laughs> then there's not going to be a threat to homeschooling. But if the Christians continue to say, I homeschool for the glory of God, 
I homeschool because I have a biblical worldview and it's not represented in government schools, then that's gonna draw a lot of unwanted attention to us. Mm. But this is what I say, we say it anyway, because it's the truth. Amen to that. And I'm just gonna echo what Miki said about the heart of your homeschool. What is the heart of your homeschool? And so when we, when we talk about this, it has to go back to Christ being the center of what you're doing. Because you can have a homeschool because you want, you know, um, to protect your children or just because you want them to be, you know, to have this career or whatever and focus on academics only. You're failing if you do that as a Christian because this is a prime opportunity for us to disciple our children. So what, what is the heartbeat of what you're doing? And hopefully for us as Christians, we Christians, it would be Christ at the center of it. And so I think the threat, it comes from not only without, but within, like what, what are we doing with what God has given us? Well, I look at politics and I always look back at the church when I look at politics. Because the thing is, if we are doing the job that we're supposed to be doing, then we are putting people in office who are going to abide by the things that we desire. Yes. You know, and a lot of times what we see is certain people getting in office and it's a reflection of the general population. Mm. So we have to do a better job of, of spreading the gospel that the heart of men and women would be changed, then we would see those things change in politics and things like that. So oh, that, that would be my response. It's, it's about the church. Mm. What are we doing? This nation is great only because the church is great. Now, mm -hmm. when we fail to be great in the church and what we see today happening, we see a moral decline. And we got to get back to God. Oh, that's so good. It's like, it's, it's sort of like in this country, we keep digging down into a beef stew, hoping mm. to pull out a piece of chicken. Right? <laughs> right so we keep We're going why get... do we have all these horrible politicians it's right. like well this is what you have to pick from exactly right and until you grow kids who are able to serve their country and yep. be politically active but have a strong conviction a strong biblical worldview right. you're going to keep getting the beef because, because that's what's in the home. stew yeah that's right you that's know? right they grew up in someone's home yeah i wanted to go back to what you said about basically it's all about priorities when you're homeschooling your children and yes it's very true that we need to keep our children from the public schools and yes we want to have a better academic life and whatnot but I believe it's Joe Rigney who says that if you put first things first second will follow but if you put second things first nothing will mm -hmm. and that is definitely what is happening with if you don't put Christ first nothing else will line up. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah, so I hadn't heard that I, phrase yeah, heard that, that way either. before, but what we have said is that if you aim for academic success and you aim for professional success for your children, you may get that and nothing more, yeah. right. right? But what are we aiming for? What's, what's our highest? Sometimes if you listen to parents, if you talk to older parents, even those who have homeschooled, they will usually lead with the secular mm -hmm. accomplishments of their children as a measure of having successfully homeschooled. and. I'm often craving like, okay, but, and what of Christ? Are they right. followers of Christ? Right. Like, are they married to people who follow Christ? Like what, there are other metrics that we can use to determine whether or not we have successfully fulfilled our obligations to the Lord. We must raise children who know him and who fear him and who live for his glory. Amen. How can listeners find you guys? How can they get in contact with you guys? Yeah, well, we have an email address, uh, addisons at AFR.net. Uh, you can find our show uh, AFR, AFR.net. 
just look for the podcast airing the Addisons. Uh, you, and so you can catch all the older shows and, and even the new shows that, that come up. Um, we also have AFR app. If you don't have a station in your area, you can always get the app. Download the app on your phone or your device and you can check us out there. So you guys have no excuses. Go check them out. Thank you so much, Will and Mickey, for being here and being willing to talk with us. Thank you ever so much for listening, and special thanks to Illinois Family Institute and the Addisons. Be sure to look up airing the Addisons at AFR.net. I'd also encourage you to look up the Illinois Family Institute Spotlight podcast, as they produce a plethora of content regarding the culture, Illinois politics, and so much more. You can find them at IllinoisFamilyAction.org. That wraps up this episode, so until we meet again, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. Let us be culture-proof. Let us be watchful, and let us stand firm in the faith. This is Self-Evident. <laughs>